listening to Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm Dave Hamf, a cyclist from Johnson, Iowa. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Welcome back. We've got another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And this is a podcast where we talk about biking just for the fun of it. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff throughout the country on this podcast, focusing pretty much on the Midwest, things about Ragbri, etc. Well, I'm real excited about this week's podcast because we have DeAndre and Brian from the Dream Team. And if you don't know much about the Dream Team, it's a group of 13 to 18-year-old youth from the Des Moines area. And we basically teach them how to ride bikes, teach them how to manage situations in life and just become just better human beings out there. I mean, it's one pedal at a time and, you know, the way they have grown in life as well as on, on the cycle is just tremendous. And we've got kids that have ridden for, for five, four or five years. Um, but we're going to hear from DeAndre, one of our, our stellar athletes that were on the dream team just, just last year. And um, he's aged out at this point. He hit 18. So we won't see DeAndre on the team but he is now working in in the Des Moines area and we got to see DeAndre the other day great to see him but just just the success stories that this thing has had over the years and my hats off to Jim Green Greeny who started up this program with a handful of people from Bike World over in Des Moines just great to see the youth that are getting involved and you know Mark this is one of the big challenges in the bike industry how do we get young people on bikes and I don't know if anyone really has a solution, but obviously the Dream Team is is trying to cut into that challenge here in the Iowa area. So uh, what do you see happening in the youth cycling world, Mark? You know, we have a whole program that's dedicated to kids and bike safety, our Safe Routes to School program. Uh, Troy Carter is our, our program director, great guy. In fact, he's spending most of April and May on the road. Uh, doing bike rodeos all over the state. And it, it just seems that uh, there's a big opportunity to uh, to get kids out there. And I think, you know, that's one of the keys is is getting them that, that safety thought. It, it, this is their first time to to get into traffic and, and that sort of thing. So getting, uh, getting kids to think about safety and how to approach intersections and things like that, I think so, that's an important skill for them to learn and, and they're going to carry that throughout their life. But you're right. It is a little scary, don't you think? Because, you know, do we have enough kids that are, are kind of being the feeder program for bicycling? You know, are we are we getting them in or, or are they just going to go off and, and do soccer or baseball or or whatever sure. else they do and forget about the bike? I don't I don't know. You know, one of the neat things I just experienced the other week when we were out in Monterey at the Bike Leadership Conference, we went out to Sea Otter. And at the Primal Tent, one of our major sponsors of the Jisco Bike Podcast, they had a group of girls in there, young girls called the Little Bellas. And they uh-huh. were just, oh, so excited. And they had a couple of Olympians um, that were just, just chatting with them about, you know, what it's like to, to race at the highest level. And it was just so neat to see the, you know, the smiles on these little girls' faces as they're looking up to their heroes. 
And, um, you know, just a neat program. I mean, when you see programs like the Dream Team or Little Bellas, you know, you you know that, hey, there's there's some good out there trying to trying to crack into that and get more and more youth on, on bikes. So um, hopefully we'll hear more stories like that that are, you know, trying to make a difference out there. And so, you know, great, great work out there, the Little Bellas program and, you know, sponsors like Primal and other other entities that are helping fund those programs and get them off the ground. Yeah, I know locally here, uh, Tom Davis over at Bike World in Des Moines, and hopefully we get him on the show. Uh, Tom has been working on starting a uh, youth mountain bike league. Neat. Um, and it so- sounds like this is going to be a high school sport that they're going to do. There's a couple places across the state, and they're going to go to each other's mountain bike areas and have races and compete against each other. And I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, good. Well, love hearing stuff about getting youth involved. And, um, you know, ho- hopefully we get more and more of those folks on the show and, and just spread the good word about all the neat things that are happening in, in youth cycling throughout throughout the Midwest and throughout the country. So, okay. Hey, we got a great show coming up. So why don't we just jump right to it? Hey, everybody. Brian Powers here with Brian Horsfall and DeAndre Parson. Thank you guys for, for coming on the show. Yep, not a problem. So both of these guys are part of a group called Dream Team uh, based here in Des Moines. They're uh, technically part of RAGBRAI? Yeah, uh, part of RAGBRAI and also operating with the downtown YMCA here. So DeAndre, you're a rider, mentee. Brian, you were mentor for those Six years, but you've also been doing it for 11 years, right? Right. Yep. This is my 11th year. Wow. Yeah. So can you guys kind of give me a quick little primer on, you know, what is Dream Team? You know, to somebody who has no idea what RAGBRAI is, what Dream Team is, you know, what is it? Um, we are a nonprofit organization that helps kids from ages 13 to 18 uh, go on RAGBRAI, and we help them uh, experience the full the full experience of RAGBRAI, we provide them with a the bike. Well, we train from well, f- end of February. February. Yeah. Until all the way up until July when RAGBRAI is. And if we finish and complete all the RAGBRAI, we get to keep the bike that they gave us. So did you ride at all before you got involved with Dream Team? Um, Not that much. Uh, when I was a little kid, I had a couple sure. little small bikes. I rode back and forth to school every once in a while, but... No, biking was not uh, an everyday thing for me before Dream Team. That's part of what Dream Team is. You know, we want to set that large, larger goal um, that might seem impossible and then, you know, slowly work our way up to that or take steps to get there. And uh, we try to teach that to him. And I think DeAndre is kind of showing that with some of the things in his personal life, too. How's riding become a part of your everyday life? First off, uh, I didn't see myself picking up a $700 bike, but I did just to get back and forth from from work and uh, anywhere I need to go, really. I just use my bike as a as a tool to get everywhere. I don't know. Coming into Dream Team, you know, how how has it helped change you like as a person? Has it changed your outlook on how you've looked at other problems, anything like that? 
Uh, yeah, uh, there's just a lot of good vibes coming from the Dream Team. Um, everybody's really nice there. I feel like if you hang around a lot of the Dream Team members, you'll become nice after a while. You know, you don't, they, if they see a quiet kid, they always try to make sure they're, they're in, in the group or whatever. They always talk to them, make sure they're all right. I just feel like they just make you a better person. <laughs> I'm I'm blushing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, you guys were essentially together for those six years yep. that you've been on the team. So from the first time, you know, I, I guess when you first met DeAndre, Brian, like what, what was that like, and how did that kind of evolve through through those six years? I don't know if I can remember my first conversation with DeAndre, but I, I do remember him being very quiet and shy early. And, and that's what was um, amazing last year. Last year, I think he was kind of a leader um, on the team. You know, I think a lot of the, the younger people kind of looked up to him a little bit. Um, but as a mentor, the hardest part is always when you, ever, when you have new kids on the team that you're not familiar with, the hardest part is to build trust with them. I'm 44 now. And DeAndre is, you know, or, or any of the kids, they're, they're a lot younger than us. And so trying to build those common connections um, and, and to be able to talk and just have a conversation with them and, and find something to talk about, that's always a, a, a challenge for the mentors. Do you guys remember, um, do you remember any certain rides or any certain things on rides that stood out that may have helped build that trust or build that relationship at all? I feel like we uh, connected more in the in the going fast uh, part of <laughs> part of riding. Um, I always click with Brian because he was a faster rider. I'm not saying everybody else is not fast enough, but just he was just one mentor. I could just let it all out and just go as fast as I want. First year I rode with DeAndre, the last day of Ragbright, and you know, the kids are riding these these Trek hybrid bikes. They're not like fancy road bikes. So DeAndre's got this. He's got this hybrid bike, and he is riding uphill 20 miles an hour. And we had three mentors that were riding that day, and we had three kids. And I started out with DeAndre, and I'm riding a road bike, and I'm keeping up with him and, and just the physics, right? I, I, I can easily handle DeAndre downhill because that's I weigh a lot more than he does, <laughs> but he would just blow me away on the uphills and I'd swear you'd look back and like hey you can't catch me <laughs> but uh, uh, I remember after the first 20 miles that day I was like hey DeAndre uh, I was going with the other mentors I'm like uh, tag <laughs> I'm tagging out someone else can tag in because uh, he, he does like to ride fast and he is uh, he, he's, he's a good a good fast rider um, so he's I mean he's riding fast but he's not doing it dis disrespectfully either but I, I do remember that last day of rag ride that first year and and it was uh he was he was wearing us out <laughs> uh, i've always been shy and i just feel like this last year dream team like he said i've kind of went and it was a leader i just i'm not the one to yell uh yell or anything i talk loud all the time but every time i rode past a member i'd always say yo go dream team and make sure they're feeling good and he's like all right you're doing all right you know you're gonna make it you know i just i just feel like the my first year i wouldn't be on rag ride i wasn't yelling 
Go Dream Team. <laughs> do you uh, do you remember any of the rides to Boone? I mean, the, the they usually involve a lot of headwinds, right? You know, so you know that when you when you're out there and you okay, I got a 25 mile an hour headwind and I've got to ride for 15 miles straight into this. I mean, you know that you're going to be able to do it, right? You just you might not like it, but at the end of the day, you're going to do it, right? Yeah, I just I just kind of. Uh, learn to just you I don't know I just feel like if I just go down a couple gears and just take it at a steady pace that I'm it's always gonna be an end to everything you know I just try to look farther ahead and you know if I feel like uh, I need to stop then I will do so but yeah I always I I don't think there's anything that could beat me (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm pretty laid back and I I take everything as it comes, and I don't necessarily worry about stuff. Do you find yourself kind of doing something similar to that, or? Uh yeah, um, except for when it comes to hills, I like to challenge myself a lot on those. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if I don't go up faster than the time before, then I'm just I'm losing. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm just chasing my shadow, but I don't know. You know, so I think that's part of the team building too that you see is that that first camp out, you'll see the mentors helping the kids set up their tents. Um, and then, you know, as by the second camp out, then you start seeing the kids are kind of doing it by themselves or they might be helping each other to set tents up. Um, and by the time Ragbrag comes along, it's it's a, it's a giant family. I mean, it's at the beginning of the year, you wouldn't have thought that would happen but um by the time we're on ragbri it, it seems like it's a big big family do you have any really good memories from ragbri i mean even either with brian or just kind of in general the one time i did the century really fast that's uh, definitely a big memory in my life <laughs> um it was with jim snodgrass and it was only me and him we got up a little bit before the rest of everybody else i mean the, the people who did the century got up at five and we did too and we just headed out pretty early and he swears it was me that kept him going but i swear it was him that kept me going because he would not <laughs> let me stop <laughs> we stopped about i could only remember like one or two times other than uh bathroom breaks that we stopped actually just to sit down and lunch that was about the best 15 minutes of my life and then when i got back <laughs> out there felt like a 15 minute <laughs> lunch break on ragbri that's unheard of yeah we had some chocolate milk i feel like it really energized so me waking up that morning you know knowing that you're gonna tackle 100 miles do you remember what you were thinking um i was thinking it'll be pretty crazy uh I would have a big story to tell. <laughs> that was my biggest thing. Um, I just really wanted 100 miles under my belt. And so coming in and finishing, you know, once you rolled into town at the end of the at the end of the century, what was that like? Uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I just remember the first the first time I did the century. I when, by the time we got into town, you know, you see, you know, you're in the town. You know, Ragbri, you made it. Uh, we had to go about six miles till we got to uh, campsite. So <laughs> I was really tired by the time I got there. I felt like I I could barely walk like straight, but I was really happy. Uh, got a lot of uh, congratulations and everybody thought it was really cool that I had did the century. So, I mean, six years, right, mm-hmm. from 13 mm-hmm. 
a lot of people change in that time, you know, I, and I'm sure, you know, going through something like Dream Team and training for something like Ragbri, Brian, I'm sure you saw a lot change in all the kids and, you know, especially in DeAndre. Yep. I mean, is there anything that you've seen particularly that, I don't yeah. know, is impressive or different <clears throat> or, you know, one of the most important things that you've seen change? One thing I have seen is... You know, DeAndre has been talking about his goals a lot, and that's something that um, some of the youth don't really talk much about. But DeAndre, the last couple of years, I mean, he's he's set goals, right? You want to have your own food truck someday, um, and you're taking steps to get there. So from my standpoint, that's, that's amazing to see someone, um, you know, kind of set a goal and decide kind of what they want to do and then start taking steps to get there. Um, so that was a big thing I've seen out of you. Um, over the, the last probably two or three years, I think, you kind of had a realization that, uh, you know, I want to do something with my life and this is kind of what you want to do. And, and uh, I know you're, you're working towards that right now. Has it helped? I mean, ha- have you noticed this in yourself? I mean, has, has working with Brian or other mentors, has that encouraged this or helped you kind of find this? When I talk about my goals and what I want to do, uh, in my life, with my life, everybody's just real happy for me. They're like, you should really do it. They're really encouraging me, and it just makes me feel good, and I think that's how I get out there and do it. Got a lot of people that uh, care about me and want me to do good in my life, so. Is it cool to see that outside? I mean, obviously, you know, within your family, you have a certain support structure. Um, does it help to have that outside of outside of your family as well? Uh Yeah. I've actually noticed a lot of people really care about me, a lot of my bosses, and I just, it makes me feel good, you know, just a lot of people see good in me, and they want better for me, so they try to help me out as much as they can, um, so, yeah, really outside the family, it it really helps me keep going when people are really nice. So you got part of your interest from, you know, in, in, like, wanting to have your own food truck you you worked at the state fair right it's a corn dog stand corn dog stand yeah and i know one of the things over the you know the last two years that he worked there is it was not just about he wasn't wanting to learn just you know how to sell stuff i mean he was learning more about the business side you know and that's something that you need to if you want to have your own food truck someday that's that's one of the things it's it's a business right Mm -hmm. so you got to it's more than just a product and selling something. You feel like you're the same person as you were six years ago? Seven years uh, ago? No. Um, I was really shy six, seven years ago. Um, it really got me to come out a lot. Uh, I feel like I talk, I talk a lot more at school. I feel like uh, my senior year when I had to do the speech to get out of um, English 4, I feel like Dream Team really helped me out on that. Now, are you riding, are you riding this year? I am riding this year. <laughs> I got to do it 10 years in a row before I can quit. So hopefully I get that goal. And who are you riding with this year? Uh, my mom. Uh, I'm trying to train with her as much as I can, uh, going out and doing small rides like we've done with the Dream Team, and I'm just going to really just try to push her and uh, get her out a lot more. Uh, she's been out on rag ride multiple times. Uh, she's done a lot of them, but she's never actually finished the full leg, so I'm going to try to... Uh, Get her to get her to do the full one this year. So hopefully it works out well. I'm I'm laughing because uh, uh, yeah, I I just I'm like I hope she could keep up with DeAndre. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give her a break on those hills. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's my mom. I'm not gonna leave her. I need yeah. her to pass this one. I need her to do the century this year. 
So what's it like riding with her compared to riding with Dream Team? I don't know. I, just, I like being out there with my mom. I already work with my mom. Uh, very comfortable with her. Uh, when I don't know. It just makes. It seems like it makes time go by faster when I'm out there with my mom. You know, we're just talking about everyday life, and then all of a sudden I'm at the next town, and you know, just as long as I keep her going, you know, I just feel like a, a leader when I when I ride with her. She kind of does look up to me because she got me into rag Brian. Now I've done so good. Do you think you'll ever come back and be a mentor? Yes, I do want to be a mentor. Uh, when I get old enough, um, still like uh, Dream Team. Uh, I want to come back on uh, Rag Brian and see you guys at least a couple of days a week. And yeah, I just feel like my sixth year, I was kind of a lead lead role. I feel like a lot of kids, like like he said, uh, look up to me. I feel like I would be a good mentor and. I could help a lot of people like Brian and a lot of the other mentors on Dream Team. What kind of things as a mentor would you try to instill or help a younger rider through? Um, I would try to help them uh, as far as like we're a we're family, you know, you don't have to be afraid to to talk or to bond with other people, you know. We want everybody to to fit in and uh, do different group activities. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anybody to be as shy as me on my first year, even though Dream Team never let me be shy, but <laughs> I was a shy kid, and I was just really trying to encourage them, just, uh, just tell them how, just how I do, you know, just just go down a couple gears and, you know, just take it at a steady rate and just look further ahead, and, you know, if you need to stop, then we'll, then we'll stop and, and get you uh, all rested up, and we can go at your pace. That's, that's how I like a lot of the mentors my first year, uh, if they seen that kids are struggling or just any year, they just, you go at your pace, uh, I'll stay behind you and you go as fast as you want and I'll, and I'll keep up with you. You know, we don't have to go 20 miles an hour the whole time, you know, you can go as fast as you want. You do see some of that translate into life too, right? I, I did this thing I couldn't think of, um, you know, I just couldn't imagine doing it and it was a lot of work. A lot of work, but I did it, and now I can do something else. And that's kind of what we see with DeAndre. Um, you know, DeAndre, is, he set those goals, and, and he, you know, he didn't have the background, right, where he's um, he's got someone to pay for college for him or anything along those lines. He has to earn everything. And and that's what he set the goal, and that's what he's doing. Have, have you seen that in action in your own life? Uh, yeah. Just a, a lot of the goals that I set, um, like graduating high school was a big thing and a big thing for my dad and I feel like I really, really helped him on that, you know, just, he knew, he knew one of his kids can do it and just uh, happened to be the one that really, really did it for him, made him really happy. So, yeah, just that and getting a job and uh just, you know, saving up money, you know, just small goals that I have for myself, I just usually end up doing them and doing good for myself in life you know just a lot of people tell me that so why do you I'm curious why you think that is I'm not sure (laughs) I mean I'm no I know I'm a nice guy I don't know I might have a nice smile I don't know why people are so nice to me and I could tell you that uh, people that work hard um, tend to tend to get a lot of the extra 
treatment, right? I mean, they, they, the people that are working hard, people that work hard towards something, whether you're working hard at work, whether you're working hard to save money for a new bike, um, those people tend to get rewarded and, and you are a hard worker. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's, but you also have to earn everything. I mean, mm-hmm. no one's giving you much. So just wanted to follow up with the last thing we ask every person who comes on the show. What is your favorite kind of pie? Apple. Dutch D- apple. Dutch apple, actually. D- Dutch apple? Don't even have to think twice. <laughs> wow. Dutch uh, apple pie hunter on Ragbray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think there is only one kind of pie, and that is also Dutch apple. I'm a big fan of Dutch apple, but I will also say that uh, if there's an Amish family selling fresh pie on the side of the road. I don't really care what it is. It's just, gonna just give be me a good. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take two. <laughs> Perfect. Well that's awesome guys. Thanks again. Thank you so much for joining the Just Go Bike Podcast. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Just Go Bike listeners. This is Brian Powers. I'm here at Beaverdale Bicycles with Scott Sumter from Bike Iowa. We're gonna talk about the bike calendar here in a little bit. But Scott just a few weekends ago attempted Trans Iowa for the third time. Scott, it was brutal weather that weekend. How'd you do? <laughs> it, it was it was brutal. It's kind of funny how sunny it is the weekend before and the weekend after. Oh but God. yeah, during this year's Trans Iowa, and and it and it seems to happen that way on on Trans Iowa a lot, just the the nasty weather. But I think we made it f- almost 40, 50 miles before the rain and the wind. I mean, it was windy anyway, but and chilly. But then the rains kicked in for for the rest rest of the day and into the night. But yeah, it was. Very, very wet for a lot of folks. Oh, my gosh. So you're going through it. You start out at, what, 3 or 4 in the morning in Grinnell. And then how many miles to the first checkpoint? First of all, you're not, you don't know till the night before the first 46 miles. And you don't know anything about the course after, after that. When you get to checkpoint 1 and 2, you, you get your cue cards from there. So knowingly, the wind was going to be brutal and, and you know, raining sideways. You're always kind of hoping for tailwind at some points, but you you, you it can go anywhere in the state. So, um, we did get some tailwind. So it was, it was, I made it to the first checkpoint with under 30 minutes to spare. So it was close and I was, and I was pushing it. So then the rains and start and you start to get this mud building up on your bike. Rain, rain starts. I mean, I was, uh, I had dressed way overdressed for what I normally go out on some of these. And I took enough extra clothes and gear for, for this to, I was just tired of getting wet and hypothermic. So <laughs> spent some, you know. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah, exactly. For some reason, yeah, yeah, punishing yourself that way is, is not that fun sometimes. It was it was in the mid-30s, but with oh, the wind and the rain, the I mean, rain. you're already soaking. Um, and, the, and the mud, it was nice enough. It was rained enough where the mud really didn't stick oh, to you nice. on the gravel. It was like a dirty mud, but it didn't stick. So the Bike Iowa spatulas were not needed. The the Bike Iowa spatulas were actually needed on, on <laughs> some of the level Bs. You thought you could kind of get in and, you know, in hindsight, shouldn't ever pedaled even one pedal stroke into the level B. And I, I got a little video series on some uh, post-race, you know, what worked and what didn't. So I'll be I'll be releasing that good, here soon, too. Good, good, good. That'll be good to see. Um. So you get into checkpoint two. How are you feeling at that point? Checkpoint two was incoming. Cutoff was eleven fifteen p.m. I hit it maybe ten forty. Wow! So I was close again. Ended up. Uh, it ended up picking up rain. Ended up picking up um, the wind. 
met up with a couple other guys. Well, I think one was from Texas. The other one was from Minnesota. We rode together for a while. Just none of us were too chatty. We're just kind of, all right, let's just get there. It was just company. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then also kind of, we come up to a couple level Bs and you weren't quite sure which way to go. So it was kind of nice to have somebody there that's like, all right, we take a left, right? All right. Yeah, good. So everybody (laughs) agrees and and we head off, you know, taking off, you know, because you had to hike a bike a mile. So we didn't want to get down the wrong way and have have to to hike back. back. Yeah. So anyway, we get to the coming tap and there is, I don't know, probably eight, nine people already in there. And they were, they were done at that point in time, you know, they the, just called it, sucked it in. Yeah. They had pizza and beer. And, and so it's almost like a tease. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was. And it, it, it was cool to see a bunch of friends there and everything having a good time, but it, it also kind of sucked. It's like, all right, I got to go back out for this for hundred, oh. another 130 miles. So I, I had got all, I ate three pieces of pizza and uh, two Mountain Dews and filled up my water. <laughs> and I took off again. I got about 16 miles out of that. Well, actually about five miles out of the coming tap. I'm flying down a hill and I checked my lights before I left, but because oh, no. the batteries were, you know, I was trying to trying to use them not that much, Likely. you know? Yeah. So I wasn't running on the high and the light just went out. I'm probably 20 plus going down this hill and the light Gone. goes out and then I slam on the, you know, pull on the brakes and I have no the brakes are just spaded so much. So I did the Flintstone stop, sat on the top tube and stopped with my boots and got to the, you know, got stopped and changed out my battery, kind of looked at my brakes and just, you know, the brakes are known to go out after, you know, that prolonged. And I had seen where I'd worn down the brake pads quite a bit. So I was like, all right, I'm, yeah, another 15 miles. And then I had, no, I had nothing, no brakes. And it, it just got hillier after that. So I'd stopped and just kind of put my hands on my handlebars and, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm pulling it, you know, there's better be safe. a lot of other people. Yeah. You're starting to shake and everything. So anyway, that's, uh, I hopefully be back next year if I get in and, and try it again. So had, um, had you still had brakes and a headlight, would you have, would you have continued on? Would have been more apt to, but you know, hindsight's easy to say. I, I guess physically, done this. did you yeah. feel, did you physically, feel, yeah, physically I was good, a little, little cold, but. I had a thermal jersey in my in my Pika bag in the back that mm-hmm. I, you know, your mind just gets a little, it's not thinking as, as fast as it normally does. I had hand warmers and, and foot warmers that I could have put in my boots, you know, it just, but you just don't think of that at the time. You're sitting out there, it's raining sideways, you're shivering. All you're thinking about is pedaling. All by yourself, you know, 1 a.m. in the morning and you're like, all right, I got a hundred plus miles to go in this. And it just, you know, it kind of gets to you and you're like, all right, it's time to bail and- you know, it still bugs me today that I, you know, backed out, but sure, only six people finished. So out of there's some pretty, how, uh, how many 70, started? 76 started. There was 120 signed up, but 76 wow. actually started up that morning just because I think a lot of, you know, just cold and rainy. And six and finished. Six finished. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So I guess we should talk about events coming up. Um, this being bike month, I know there's a ton of things on the calendar for May and then into summer. So um, we got weekly rides that are you know reoccurring all the time. I'm sure people can check Bike Iowa to to see which events are coming up in Definitely. their area. But uh, what else we got coming up? It's super packed this this month. Uh, 167 events were listed this morning when I took off. Um, like I said, I wish we had two hours to talk about this, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit some highlights here. Um, there's some there's some fun events. There's some advocacy events, and uh, you know just some happy hours that we'll kind of go go over. But First one I think is kind of cool. It's on Thursday, May 11th. You remember the movie uh, Breakaway by chance? Breaking Away? I don't. It's a, it's a 1979. It, it's a movie about a kid in Bloomington, Indiana okay. who had dreams of uh, racing pro in Italy. 
So oh. it's a it's a movie about him training for that and going through all his uh, emotions to to get there. Won best screenplay in 1980, nominated for a ton of Oscars. So they're going to show that at the Moline Social Club at 6:30. Oh, cool! So that'll be kind of neat just to go in there and and watch an old old, old awesome. bicycling movie. Also, tickets for that, or is it? Uh, yeah, there is there there are tickets. I believe the link is on is online. I think you can purchase them at the door too. Perfect. Yep, doors open up six thirty. Movie at seven. Okay. And also May eleventh is a Thursday. It's Captain Roy's Seat Time Happy Hour. Uh, I think we talked about that in a previous podcast. Captain Roy's just opened up over by Berlin Marina in Des Moines, and it's right there on the Neil Smith bike trail. Really um, nice patio. Outside yes, there. super nice patio. Lots of good live music. Uh, Wade's a cyclist, has been for way before I ever was a cyclist, and it's just kind of cool to see him have his own, own spot there. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, May 17th, uh, is a Rite of Silence. This is an international event. Pretty much happens in all 50 states. If you ride a bike, you should come check this out. Yeah, it, it, it is cool. It's our, it's our 13th year doing it in Des Moines. Uh, Bike Iowa's hosted that, and we've got seven different cities that are doing it wow. this year in, in Iowa. So we've got Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids, Charles City, Des Moines, Dubuque, Mason City, and Sioux City. So for other states, this being a national event, how would somebody in another state be able to find where their local Ride of Silence is? So they go to rideofsilence.org, and they've got uh, two different calendars, uh, one for domestic and one for international events. And then so they list them out by state. And I'm going to guess there's between almost 500 events listed out there now. That's really neat. Um. Most of them start between 5.30 and 7, and we're doing ours out at the uh, Historical Society in East Village. Okay. We, we start there on the steps. We have a shout-out for everybody who was injured or killed last oh, wow. year since the last Ride of Silence, and it's a pretty pretty powerful event. We've got a police escort again. And, That's cool. A uh, picture at the, at the state capitol once we get up around there. Very cool. Um, next one is Saturday, May 13th. This is one of my favorite events of the of the year in Iowa. It's just it's just it's called Cycle to Mile. Okay. And it's like an urban adventure race. And the guy who puts it on is Graham Johnston. And he picks a he picks seven different checkpoints. And every year it's just something different and unique around the city. In the past he's done it on uh different slides at different parks. Uh one one route was uh, of 1947 architecture. So what? he had seven points around the city that were basically, you know, buildings built in 1947. Oh, cool. So you'd have to, you kind of got to know. One was on historic bridges. Another one was on large-scale murals. So he's always got something up his sleeve. So you put in about 20 miles, and you kind of got to know the city to get around a little bit. But at 12.34 p.m., this ride starts from the Triangle Cap. <laughs> That's Graham. What? That's Graham. And it's but 12.34, and then you get the first checkpoint, and then you get the second checkpoint when you get to the first, and it kind of kind of goes, okay. goes okay. from there. But it, it is a it is a fun fun event. You can go as fast or slow as you want, but it's just kind of fun to- That's cool. For the hunt, yeah. Yeah. I learned something. Yeah, it's fun. I'll see you there. <laughs> so um, May 13th is the second annual Chrome Dome Memorial Ride. Uh, this is a memorial ride for Norm Needs. They called him Chrome Dome because he wore a chrome helmet on Ragbri. <laughs> and he was actually training for Ragbri. Uh, he was killed last, last uh, yep, June 26th. It was, this was during pre-ride last yep. year. I remember it. Yep. And he was found Terrible. in a ditch. And I, and I could not find anything. It looked like it was accident. was still under an investigation. Really? It looked like there was no, no new news on that. So they're going to actually, the part of the ride goes by where the ghost bike is placed and wow. then they're having family and everybody's invited back to the Brightside Lounge for 
some toasts and storytelling and stuff. So um, if you're up in that area, that's in uh, Cherokee. If you're up in that area, check that out. And then we're working ourselves in a Mother's Day, which Vela Rosa has a team in training, a Mother's Day takeover at Rasmussen's where they're doing they're doing some of their uh, their new lineup there, and they're giving proceeds back to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Sonia Heights Susan is is part okay. of this, and she's raising money for that. So they've kind of teamed up with Rasmussen and and, and doing that. They uh, pretty much say bring your mother out to that event too. Um, Cedar Rapids, we've got Sunday, May fourteenth is also Mother's Day. It's called a Rad Tour. Super cool event where they you ride what is it? It's fifty two miles of mixed terrain. And it promotes the, the bicycling with food movement. So you stop by organic farms and breweries oh, cool. and vineyards, and they've got eight, they've got nine different stops on that. Um, and they've got a really good turnout to that. Real, uh, real organic. You're supposed to bring a t-shirt for on-site screen printing. Really? So it's just kind of a neat, a neat ride. That's cool. Uh, Thursday, May 18th, you got biking 101 seminar with Bike Country in Ankeny. They go over uh, the benefits of the bike clothing, how to efficiently use your gears, where to set your seat height, basic maintenance, and tire changing. Just kind of a a neat thing they're putting on for for bike month. Friday, May 19th is actual, this is the official bike to work day. So the 19th, um, a lot of like, I think the DART has the, the Des Moines transportation with all the buses. They've got free you can get on the bus free with a bike rack. Oh, cool. Um, a lot of people are doing free showers, free breakfasts, stuff like that. So uh, check the site out. Check also uh, bikemonth.com or .org, sorry, uh, with the Des Moines Bike Collective, a ton of events and things going on there. But that night is a handlebar happy hour at the Iowa Tap Room. And the same owners, we used to do this at the bait shop at the same owners own the Iowa Tap Room. Mm-hmm. So they said, hey, bring us over to the new place. And so we're all invited there from five to seven. That should be a good time. Cool. Show up with your bike. Yeah, definitely. They got they they got some bike parking, and if you don't, if you're not enough room out front, park in the back. They've got a little deck back there that's uh, that's perfect through the alleyway. On Friday the nineteenth, the eighth annual pedal art poster gallery opening. This is one of the I would say one of the best attended um, events of Bike Month. But they pick thirty artists and they do their own posters. Um, an originally original bike inspired poster to showcase, and part of the money goes back to the collective. But it's just kind of a a neat environment. It's at the social club. Posters are super cool. I've got three of them hanging up in my oh, living neat. room. So it's just, just can probably buy some more and have those framed up. So <laughs> they are, they are neat. Who needs to see walls? So unique. It's right. That's right. Nail it in the wall. Um, Saturday, May 20th, fire truckers, urban brewery assault ride. They call it foo bar. Okay. Um, this is 10 AM to 10 PM. It's nine breweries, eight breweries with two optionals. It's about 60 some miles. And they're kind of hitting all the local local breweries. Oh, cool. Fire truckers heading that up. Uh, we roll ourselves into another Friday, and the May twenty sixth is the happy, Handlebar Happy Hour at Triangle Tap. Uh, it's part again part of the Des Moines Bike Collective's Bike Month uh, okay. opportunities, and uh, it's the last one of the month. And May twenty seventh is the sixth annual Outrun the Rays. It's a melanoma awareness ride in Piosta, Iowa. And 15 or 30 miles, it's, it's just a good good event for a good good charity. Cool. Pigtails ride. Yeah, coming I up. I mention that. I think we uh, we talked about it. Uh, Paratalk on the last show had Kathy on, and um, Andrea talked about it. That's coming up on the 20th. That'll be a good one for the ladies. First and the year, guys. First year for that one. Yeah, gotcha. so guys come out, lend some support, volunteer, show some love. But yeah, there's there's still more events added to the calendar pretty much every day. 
for May and beyond. So definitely uh, bikeiowa.com slash events. And you'll get- If you have uh, stuff coming up, get it on soon. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to find an open open calendar date now, but Gosh, that's, a, that's a good problem That's to great. Have. That's great awesome. problem to have, yeah. All right, uh, anything else, Scott? I think we're good. Looking forward to June events. Great. We'll get that list uh, here coming soon. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on, even if we're running down to some of the events. Thanks to Ed and Jennifer here at Beaverdale Bikes uh, for hosting us this this yeah. month. Come on down, take a look. They got some really cool bikes out on display. And a little well-known fact, they have done every single Bike Iowa t-shirt since we started. So 17 plus years, Ed and Jen have printed our, our t-shirts. That is fantastic. Well, thanks again. <laughs> and thanks again to the folks here at Beaverdale Bikes. Uh, we'll catch you next month. Thanks. That's right. This is Andrea Parrott. And this is Parrot Talk. Today, I thought I'd respond to an email we got in the old mailbag. It says, hello, good day, I'm Eric. I would like to know if you're handy for cycling training lessons. And if you do accept credit card as a routine form of payments, kindly get back with quick response. Regards, Eric. Now, I don't do cycling training lessons, but I would accept a routine form of payment, preferably in the form of sugar or caffeine. Um, and though I am 99% sure this is a spam email, Eric, if you're a real person, I apologize. I'm gonna pretend that it is a real email and I'm going to suggest that Eric gets an e-bike. Why would I suggest an e-bike for Eric? Well, he seems like kind of a fun guy, but he also seems like kind of a cheater because his only question was if I accept credit cards. So, E-bikes are a lot of fun. I can tell you that from experience. Um, and I guess I should probably mention that an e-bike is any kind of bike with an electrically driven motor that could either be in the hub or built into part of the wheels. In Iowa, now Mark, don't kill me because I might get this wrong, but I believe in Iowa, you can have an electric bike if it's under, produces under 750 watts or one horsepower and has pedals and all the rules of the road still apply to you. You'll need to stop at stop signs. You're gonna to need to do hand signals and all of that. Um, E-bikes are becoming bigger and bigger around the world, especially in urban areas to help with commuting because you won't get as sweaty. You can move a little faster um, and they're just plain fun. Now they are kind of cheating because you're not doing it on your own power. And uh, on bike rides like say Ragbri, they're mostly frowned upon unless you have some sort of physical impairment such as a disability or age or you need, really do need a leg up. And then they are an awesome tool to help you get a little bit more bang for your buck and be able to participate in some cases. So they really are a good thing if you need a little help. If you don't need a little help, it just kind of depends on the scenario. It's really not cool to be buzzing by people riding their normal bikes on a ride like Ragbri if you're totally able-bodied and uh, you can ride on your own power. You really shouldn't be buzzing by people anyway, even if you're just riding a normal bike and you're really that awesomely strong. You should stay on your left and pass politely. So anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I guess I'm saying don't be a jerk no matter what kind of bike you're riding. If you want to check out an e-bike and see what it's like for yourself, more and more bike shops and sporting goods stores around the country are carrying them or carrying at least one of them that you could try. I know in Des Moines, there's a place called Ichibike that does custom e-bikes, which is really cool. I've ridden one of those before. It's been pretty fun. But my favorite 
e-bike experience was a couple years ago at Interbike, um, which is a big bike conference down in Las Vegas. They have a test bike, a demo bike day, where you can go out into the desert and try different bikes. And TJ, Mark, and Scott Garner and I all decided to ride e-bikes one day on their, it was partially on a mountain bike course, partially on the road. And it was so much fun. We were zooming up and down. Um, this Basically, it was all downhill, but we were zooming back and forth, um, having the time of our lives. And that all ended really quickly when we turned around to go back uphill towards the end of the course and the battery on Mark's e-bike died. So if you want to talk about not having fun, talk about pushing a 40-pound e-bike up a mountainous hill. So there, they can have the best of times. They can be the worst of times. Um, you really need to watch the power meter on an e-bike or keep timing to make sure that you're staying within the time limit because that really was a bummer. It kind of put a damper on our whole afternoon, although I still remember how fun it was to ride that bike. So take that as you will. Since e-bikes are becoming more and more popular as time goes on, and I have relatively little experience with them, I would love to hear your experiences with e-bikes or if you have any stories you want to share with us or any thoughts on the matter. Uh, you can send us a message at Just Go Bike on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Or you can email us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Coincidentally, that's exactly how you can get a hold of me if you have any cycling questions or if you want to talk cycling about or anything else you want to talk about. Preferably not spam emails unless you're a Nigerian prince who wants to give me a million bucks and then we can talk. We've reached the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike podcast. Appreciate you listening. As each and every week, we try to bring you some great guests throughout the state or throughout the country. So appreciate you listening. This show is made possible by Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. Home of the Jingle Cross World Cup Cyclocross Race. Bikes to You, one of the best bike shops in the state of Iowa. And a Ragbright Charter headquartered in Grinnell, Iowa. And Primal Wear. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, and accessories, now's that time to get that custom order in so you get them in time before Ragbri. You can find our show notes at justgobike.net. What do you want to talk about on this show? We want to hear from you, so find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Just Go Bike. Be sure to subscribe to the Just Go Bike podcast, give us a rating, and join us next time for more. Well, Mark, as I was uh, taking a little trip during the Ragbri route, planning and just looking at some of the hills that we're going to encounter between, you know, Cresco and Wakan and then Wakan over to Lansing, it just kind of made me think of a, of a quote because there's going to be some ups and downs in the area. So, so keep this in mind as you're training or after a ride. There are no hard climbs, just weak legs. All right, just go bike. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, 
a part of the USA Today Network.